0: Powered Hour. This week, JLR Pride, the Metal Dash Weekend, and Goodwood. We talk about the NADA six-cylinder, semi-tubular rivets, and a famous Land Rover Owner of the Week. And now, without further delay, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Stephen Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about my cars and what we're working on at the or check us out on Instagram at The Barris Collection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss.
1: Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the Sheridized Whitworth fastener to Stephen's blue anodized metric cap screws, the proper hardware of podcasting ike goss i own and operate pangolin 4x4 in springfield oregon where we live and breathe land rovers check us out online on facebook instagram at pangolin 4x4 let's get started
0: all right ike we're back again In the news this week, uh, Land Rover had uh, a—and we're not exactly sure when this happened, but our good friend uh, uh, Nick uh, Dimbleby posted on his Instagram some pretty amazing Pride JLR cars. There was what I think is an F-Type. I can only see it from the front. I'm pretty sure it's it's an uh, R-Spec F-Type Jaguar car. And then, of course, uh, a brand-new Defender, uh, all decked out in the uh, JLR Pride sort of livery. Uh, The best part about it, though, is the uh, Pride Polos that everybody was wearing i really i gotta start shaking the old uh, jlr tree and see if i can get one of those to fall out for me. i
1: That's think we could cool. probably make it happen uh you know we could just talk to our good friend nick over there uh, yeah. in uh, land rover engineering i'm sure he could uh he could make it happen for you oh, uh you know this is yet another special edition land rover defender if you would like a special edition Land offender uh, offender for your, for your event, you know, contact the good folks at JLR. Um, I can foresee many different event themed defenders in the future.
0: All ninety thousand uh, dollars, and uh, yeah, any any specific? If you're having a bat mitzvah, if uh, you are, uh, you know, if you're again, as we've said before, if you're, uh, you know, planning a trip to space, maybe even if you're if you're planning a trip to Des Moines, Iowa, I think at this point Land Rover would create a special edition Defender, uh, just just for you.
1: This is a, this is one in a long line of special edition vehicles. I think my favorite special edition vehicle is the Harley Davidson editions. F one fifty. Oh yeah. The idea of a motorcycle edition of a truck just <laughs> really makes me
0: giggle. <laughs> it is very books on tape back on books again. Yeah. No, I do. Uh, I'm a bit. You know what? One of these days, we're gonna have to go through and do like a top five car manufacturers that are now making SUVs in that same thread. But oh, really? really, maybe there's another thread to be uh, had of uh, top five motorcycle manufacturers now making cars. I'm not sure if there are any, but uh, but definitely, so far as SUVs are concerned. Man, there's some great car manufacturers making some absolutely insane SUVs that probably shouldn't exist, but I'm kind of glad they are. Maybe my favorite being the the (laughs) Lamborghini, the new Lamborghini SUV, because the original Lamborghini SUV literally was one of my favorite and still is one of my favorite cars, but the new one is so absurd and it shouldn't, it just shouldn't exist. Like it feels like a transporter accident or something that like came out of the other pod of the fly or something, but it's just, it is just pure insanity. I love it. I
1: feel like a digression is in order here regarding the Lamborghini (laughs) SUV, the original one. The lm 2 sometimes referred to as the Rambo Lambo. Yeah. That car was actually a design that was – it was designed by the Food Machine Company, or FMC.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: And uh, it was an American uh, military, uh, like, special – producer or or yeah. designer supplier to the US military and they designed this vehicle for the US military as like a scout or reconnaissance car and and Lamborghini stole
0: the design
1: yeah and put their own motor in it and was later sued by FMC but it was like this like canned food machinery company. The that only designed difference it. And between
0: it, the FMC car and the the Rambo Lambo is the fact that the FMC car had a uh, meat grinder power takeoff, like <laughs> Jamie Oliver's discovery, where you could plug in the meat grinder into the front of the car. I believe it also had the rear seat deep fryer option.
1: Not a lot of people I mean, know this, but uh, yeah. that the food machine company car gave rise to both the Rambo Lambo yeah.
0: and. The Humvee and the Humvee, it, yeah, it is Humvee. a successor to the Humvee, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if you look at it, like you yeah. you look at them uh, side by the the LMW two and the uh, and the the Humvee uh, side by side, you're like, oh yeah, those two definitely like there's some common DNA in there. And again, both have uh you know uh like the KitchenAid uh, uh, meat grinder <laughs> attachment. You can there's a number of places you can plug that into Humvee. It uh, it works on <laughs> any one of the four portal axles has an option for that. Speaking of portal axles, as we are already as far off track as maybe we've ever been Mm. um did you see that uh our uh, our good friends at design and development have a portal axle that they're working on that they've to be fair i think they've been working on it for 25 years but that they are they're showing sort of an early prototype now for a a bolt-on portal axle for your defender i did see this a little bit of me wants to buy a defender with the specific purpose of putting those crazy portal axles on it for no other reason than i feel like it would just be a super fun weekend (laughs) And then probably never drive it again, but it would be it would yeah. be pretty fun i don't
1: I don't know the specs on those, but i I know that uh they they have been working on it for some time, and it is uh another in a long line of bolt on portal axles uh yeah. uh that are available for land rovers and um I think uh tibus and yep. uh they were they were making those and yeah. they um, never
0: but, tend to stick around for very long. I imagine the market you get pretty saturated small. pretty quickly.
1: Well, it's very expensive. Very yeah, expensive, expensive um and uh it does, you know, add pretty substantially the capability of a vehicle, but you also have to have, you know, lockers and yeah. you know, uh tire clearance sort of uh, modifications yeah. Yeah. to support the larger tires and these sorts of things, but uh definitely cool to have uh extra tr- extra Ground clearance without having big tires. That's well, and neat.
0: the and the I think this is a one point four to one gear reduction or something. There's a, there's a certain amount, almost all portal axles. I think it's even fair to say all portal axles have a certain amount of gear reduction mm. in the in the uh, portal itself. So yeah. yeah, they're super cool though, and and they make some really amazing replacement parts for the stage one. So I appreciate. Please go and buy their stuff so they'll continue to make uh, parts for my uh, stage one for me. That'll be yeah. Good.
1: We've been we've been working on a little project with design and development, and um, I need to rattle his cage about that actually.
0: Yeah, they're a uh, they're a good group. They, get, they make some super cool stuff, and their machining is is gorgeous. I mean, they do a, they do a great job. So, uh, in other news, uh, speaking of, uh, of fantastic British things, uh, the uh, Goodwood Festival. I don't know if we're calling it the Goodwood Festival of Speed anymore, the Goodwood Festival of Old Things, the Goodwood Revival, the Goodwood uh, Credence Clearwater Revival. I'm not exactly sure what uh, what they're referring to it these days as, but uh, Land Rover and our good friends at the Land Rover Classics had a little. Uh, showing at the uh, Goodwood Festival uh, this uh, this past couple weeks?
1: Yes. Uh, you know, Goodwood Festival of Speed, Goodwood Revival, you know, I've heard it uh, referred to as a couple things. Definitely an event that I need to visit, but uh, yeah. there's always a good, strong Land Rover contingent. Uh, JLR comes and displays uh, classic and new vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always, uh, you know, a, a, a group of vehicles that support the race cars and these sorts of things and then there's you know lots of other land rovers and special variants on display so definitely a, a lot of land rover uh, enthusiasm at that event and a good representation of uh, the history of land rover vehicles that's yeah on some of those continuation
0: d types were there yep. as well as mm-hmm. all kinds of great morgans morgan's early racing morgans and things all kinds of great british cars um really a neat event i was you know, funny enough, because uh, the, the the year before, in 2019, I was I was there during Goodwood, and I'm like, ah, you know what? I've got something in the Midlands that I have to get to. I just don't really have time to stop in and spend a Saturday there. I'll go next year. <laughs> and uh, there oops. you go. Oops,
1: yeah, there oops. was no next year. There
0: was no next year. So uh, we'll have to get there next year, though. Uh, next we'll year, next year. Do a
1: year, live year, podcast from Goodwood.
0: I think we should. I. Definitely it'll, just think be, we should. it'll just
1: be. it be race cars.
0: <laughs> Just old race cars. Yeah. And well, I definitely think we should, uh, and certainly, uh, fair listeners, if you have any uh, suggestions on places that Ike and I uh, should uh, tour, uh, I think maybe next year, as I think we are going to go over to the UK for a little bit, um, give us uh, some ideas of maybe some factories you'd like us to tour. Obviously, the Land Rover, uh, and they, if they would let us in, we're, we're not sure they'll let us in the Land Rover factory, but we'll do a, a live blog. There's an Indian place down the street that is absolutely to be, spectacular. So, to we'll, be fair,
1: I wouldn't let us in.
0: No, I wouldn't either. That's probably for the best. But uh, we'll do a live podcast from the Indian restaurant down the street uh from Load Lane uh, <laughs> and uh you know a lot of the a uh, lot of uh, the factory guys uh, head there after work so we'll uh, yeah we'll get some good insight. It'll be uh, it'll be a good show. But if there are tours uh or there are places in the UK that you'd like us to visit maybe we'll uh, create some content for YouTube and Patreon. So uh yeah, if you think of something uh drop us a line and uh, let us know.
1: Also, uh, you. Yeah in a little bit more local news uh the metal dash weekend was uh, i believe this past weekend um they're in uh, Peter uh Don yeah. Fly yep. hosts a uh, classic land rover event for series 1s 2s and 2As if you got a series 3 or defender don't come
0: if your dash <laughs> if your dash won't do significant harm to you if you were ever to be in any kind of a crash you're not welcome
1: I think, I think they do uh, welcome all types of land rivers, but it's specifically focused on the metal dash cars. They celebrate
0: the metal dash. They do.
1: They celebrate the metal dash, and so it's it's kind of a swap meet and show, and I think there's a a little driving tour and these sorts of things. But uh, nice. definitely another event that uh, we should probably make it to one of these days. Yeah. Um, seems like some nice folks and a and a
0: good time. Yeah. As we open up the uh, the underpower hour uh, tour de force, uh, we're gonna we're gonna come to each one of your homes and do a podcast live from your uh, living room. So if everyone can just uh, kindly uh, DM. DM us, drop in those DMs with your home address, and uh, we'll set you up for an in house podcast at some point in the near future. Again, something you can't opt out of. Uh, So, (laughs) this week, uh, Britain's uh, top model is a a model that I am a huge fan of, being uh, somewhat of a a connoisseur, if you will, of North American uh, spec or North American dollar area cars, if you will, the Nada six cylinder series 2A. Uh, which is uh, a brilliant example, and some may argue the most North American spec car uh, that has ever been, and perhaps will ever be.
1: It, it is, it is, it is among the most North American of possible Land Rover variants. Um, it was specifically designed and built to satisfy. A desire within the north american market for a more powerful more highway friendly series land rover in the late 60s you know there were other manufacturers making things like the wagoneer you know yeah. and uh, other cars that were you know maybe had a little bit higher level of trim than the standard yeah. land rover maybe had a little bit more power and and taller gearing to go faster on the highway it's the um,
0: canyon arrow of land rovers
1: the Canyonero, yes. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar, that is a Simpsons reference. Uh, but uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> it's a great episode. So at any rate, the a six-cylinder, it, it didn't have taller gearing. You right. know, it it, it it had an engine which was more capable of acceleration yeah. than the, the two and a quarter, which came in uh, the 109s before it but uh, it it really was kind of a half measure to be quite yeah. honest and and it did take a lot of extra and special parts to make yes. this car you know it it you know a lot of people in the in the US at the time were were clamoring for a more powerful six cylinder or a V8 engine yeah. and land rover you know it, they have always been kind of a, a company that has reached into their past to you know, use parts to develop yes. vehicles of the future, and so uh, in this particular Whatever case, is laying
0: around, uh, yeah, can be repurposed. In, Usually, it, old weird rover car stuff uh, can be reused.
1: So, in this case, you know, they they could have designed and built a six-cylinder based on the two and a quarter, sure, which might have been, you know, an overhead valve six-cylinder might have been a little bit more successful, and that's something that Santana later. Yeah. designed and used in both petrol and diesel versions, but Land Rover instead decided to use the inlet over exhaust six mm-hmm. cylinder engine out of the Rover car line. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's kind of a, you know, the same technology that's in the series one Land Rover's inlet over exhaust engines. And so that's Really pre-war design stuff. Yep. And uh, they repurposed it in the NADA six-cylinder in the late 60s, and they added the Westlake cylinder head.
0: Yeah, it's a very it, a very interesting piece of uh it looks like a spaceship from an a, from a uh from an aliens film or something sort it's of It's oddly shaped.
1: It's a little organic in the way yeah. it looks like a fungus that grew under the hood of your car. Um it's all aluminum and yeah. uh it it produces it gives the the Land Rover engine or the Land Rover variant uh, power at a little higher RPM ranges, yeah. so those those engines really like to rev. They're super smooth when they're running nicely. It's a super smooth engine, and it really is a pleasure to drive those cars. But they don't have maybe the the low end that some yeah. of the the Euro six cylinders have. They just have that little higher end. Power band, and so those cars really benefit from an overdrive. Some mm-hmm. other special features on the North American cars: those NADA wagons—they're what well, they're all
0: five-door wagons.
1: We yep. should have said that. Yeah, all four um,
0: all the deluxe interior, all the all the finest uh, that uh, Americans have come to expect.
1: They did not have what's called the deluxe interior, you know, with the pleated seats. But they had the full station wagon interior with all the padding, headrests on the sides of Mm -hmm. the hardtop, full headliner, uh, sound deadening around the tunnel and the uh, above the uh, transmission tunnel on the firewall. They had a special firewall Mm -hmm. that... They're mostly handmade. If you look at them, they're kind of they're a little more crude in the way that they provide uh, clearance for the six-cylinder engine, Mm -hmm. and they're slightly different from the Euro six. They actually have a special firewall and special floors Mm -hmm. uh, for the NADA six-cylinders. In the the factory literature for the NADA sixes, they advertise that these vehicles come with a limited slip differential, which was a power lock style. Yeah. Uh, limited slip differential and um, they're very rare nowadays because most of their were replaced under warranty they didn't last they kind of broke which is unfortunate because yeah. it's a it's a cool thing yeah, to have deep. a limited slip diff in a land Rover from the factory so I don't know whether they all received them or mm-hmm. whether they stopped partway through the production but I've seen a few of those power lock differentials and it is in the the factory advertising literature. The other interesting feature they have is um, heated windshields. Yeah. And uh, they have a dash that is a textured vinyl wrap. And the main dash panel is actually steel instead of aluminum. And it's got a black textured Mm -hmm. uh, to it. And uh, all of the dash panels, the auxiliary gauge panel, the main dash panel, the wiper rack cover, uh, all of that stuff has that texture to them. Um, these cars were expensive. They were really Mm -hmm. expensive. They, Mm -hmm. they commanded a big premium over the standard models. And so for for that reason, a lot of them still exist, you know, people didn't throw them away, even though the, you know, the six cylinders had valves that were difficult to adjust. Mm -hmm. So they had a tendency to burn valves. They had a few other problems. Um, there are a lot of them still around. They made 811 total. Mm-hmm. and uh, most of those i would say probably still exist we have two in the shop right now that we're we're working on and they are super neat cars they had some other special features they had su carburetors with this interesting intake plenum and mm-hmm. an air cleaner that looks like the muffler of an old car
0: it looks, it looks like an, it does it's look crazy. Like a muffler and the su carburetors are, are very cool uh, of course like they're, they're kind of again in the like difficult to adjust and get to run just just right you know there's all kinds of special little voodoo necessary for, for tuning SU carburetors, but uh, but uh, when everything is running just right, a very cool design, like a really unique design carburetor and, and can work when tuned just right, can oh, be very good. It works, good, works really
1: well, flow. and uh, you know, the SU carburetors are very um, you know, ubiquitous to a lot yeah. of other British cars, so there's a yeah. lot of aftermarket support for them. There's parts availability for them. One thing about the NADA wagons that doesn't enjoy great parts support there's actually two things. The water pump is one of them. Hmm. It has a unique water pump, aluminum casting, and it's different from the Euro 6. Hmm. And they also have the Clayton DeWandre Power Booster. Ah, uh, yes. And the Clayton DeWandre Power Booster is, is, is actually a great idea. Power brakes is a hmm. great thing. It was the first Land Rover factory model. Uh, to feature power brakes, but it was an option on other cars. I think some of the forward controls and other six cylinders, you could yeah. get the Clayton DeWandre. But this was the first one that was like standard feature. You you it you couldn't buy the NADA six without having power brakes. Right. The bad thing is the brakes are still single circuit, and mm-hmm. uh, they also these Clayton DeWandre units. Very difficult to get parts for nowadays. Only a few suppliers for those. You can mm-hmm. still kind of find them here and there. But most of the diaphragms and rubber parts for those, are even the new ones that you can buy, are still 50 years old. They're just right. in old packaging. And so that doesn't inspire confidence in a critical braking component. And they're critical because unlike uh, a normal brake booster, the fluid can leak into the unit and right. uh, because it, it has the brake line attached yeah. to it rather than being attached to the pedal. So it's an inline booster. And because of that, it can leak internally and not externally. And you so won't you're know. leaking, yeah, you're leaking fluid into the unit and not externally. So there's no drips, there's no liquid on the outside, and then it
0: just stops breaking. All of a sudden, you drive through a barn. You've got to be ready on that handbrake. And does it house? It has the wider front brakes as well, like the Stage One ultimately had, and the and the it one does. forward control and
1: stuff. Yes, it does. It uses the wider six-cylinder front yeah. brakes, and so they're three inches wide. They actually stop really well yeah. when the brakes are set up correctly. They stop Mm -hmm. great and uh, they have a lot of friction surface area. They have Mm -hmm. power brakes. That's a really neat step in the right direction. But again, kind of a half measure, you know, all the things about this car, a little bit of a half measure, you know, it would have been nice to see a overhead valve, six cylinder engine in a Land Rover from the factory. That would have been awesome. Mm -hmm. And it would have been nice to see power Brakes or even disc brakes on the car because yeah. they had them. Uh, they were yeah. developing the Range Rover at this time. Yeah, of course. They had of the course. V8 engine. You know, yeah. they were they were doing all of that stuff. And it would have been nice to see that. And we kind of saw that, that a little bit later. think that all those things
0: didn't really show up in the series line until the Defender, uh, well, the 90 and 110 in the mid-80s. <laughs> so sometime, yeah. sometime after this uh, car, when you think that it didn't get a V8 engine until uh, the Stage 1s in the late 70s, didn't get uh, disc brakes uh, until the 90s and 110s in the mid-80s. So, yeah. It's, uh, too bad because you know Rover Car had a lot of that stuff. You know, even earlier than the Range Rover, a lot of that stuff came out uh, from Rover Car into the Range Rover. And so, yeah, the, unfortunately, the poor Series trucks, as always, I think, uh, as a as a victim of funding and redesign, uh, you know, lapses, uh, just sort of kept on keeping on.
1: It's a classic case of victim of the original success. You know, the yeah. the Series Land Rover was initially really successful and uh, enjoyed broad adoption and support through the world and uh they unfortunately in this time period you know it's right really before you know british leland but that's those successes were you know the profits from those were funneled into a lot of yeah. failing british car marks weird, and weird and, and rover cars, cars honestly yeah. were, were kind of on the downhill slope yep, and uh, sure. they were like oh we can fix it we can fix it and really they were just letting their their you know marquee uh Kind of deteriorate as yeah, a result. late
0: in the late in the seventies, uh, late late seventies Rover cars are uh, total garbage. But uh, it's uh, neat. There's some neat cars that they there made are. towards the end of the Rover car uh, brand. But Rover not.
1: 3500 is a fun <laughs> car. The Rover is a
0: super fun car.
1: The Rover three liter six cylinder yep. is actually kind of a nice looking car. It has yep. a few little muscle car elements to it, yep. but also kind of like some classic British saloon elements to it. Yeah, that's it's a
0: cool a, car. It is a neat interior. They had cool interiors, and they share so many common switch gear and gauges and things with the uh, Land Rovers that sitting inside one feels like oddly familiar, um, and certainly looking under the hood, things are are very very reminiscent of uh, of a Land Rover uh, that it was its contemporary. So, yeah, the Nada six cylinder super cool and and like I said, probably the quintessential North American uh, spec car. Uh, there is a forum on the Rovers North uh, forum actually that they're sort of tracking where all of the Nada six cylinders are. They have a uh they have a forum uh set up there for that, and people check in when they buy and sell and uh and where these cars are at and i think they um they know where the the vast majority of them are it's actually pretty impressive
1: yeah yeah uh, our good friend jeff briggs he yeah. uh he runs that uh registry i think it's called yeah. The NADA registry. So if you've got one, you can check in there or check in with Jeff. Uh, He's uh, on the the Instagram and uh, whatnot. He's really into the NADA six cylinders. He possesses one and and kind of wants to keep them alive. A lot of those cars got converted to Chevy six cylinders. Yeah, I would say most of the ones that I see nowadays have been converted to Chevy six cylinders, just because those were readily available at the time when these kind of started to wear out. And so yeah. most of them got converted. They fit kind of well, and you know uh, the two thirty five and two fifty engines have like actually pretty good yep. power for those vehicles, and it can be a it can result in a nice car, although. Maybe the engine's a little more torquey than the transmission is wanting to withstand, but uh, certainly driven gently, those cars are still
0: good cars. Yep. And it's one of those things where, you know, the the rare and original ones, uh, you know, fetch a, a very decent uh, price. And, uh, you know, but I think there are ones to be had, there are lots of ones to be had in, in semi-restored condition or in pieces I know of that uh, people are slowly putting back together or have, have sort of stopped and are looking to sell those pieces uh, to someone else. So, yeah, if you've ever wanted a, a six-cylinder NADA, they are out there to be found. And, uh, yeah, that uh, registry is actually a pretty good place uh, to sort of start putting uh, feelers out unless you want to buy uh, the one from ike that i'm not going to buy we're going to take a very quick break to hear from this sponsor
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of
0: America and a member FDSE. And now back to the show. Uh, Tip top uh, tool tip of the week as I spent the morning at uh, Hanson's Rivet and Supply Company uh, here in uh, the greater Los Angeles area. Great uh, folks over there. It is a building the size of a Costco that has nothing but rivets in it. And it's like the happiest place on earth. I mean, you know. I think I asked the guy, like, well, do you, I, I'm looking for a particular type of rivet. You think you have that? And he sort of, like, looked behind him and looked back, and he's like, yeah, I think we, we've we got it done. Yeah, don't worry, and I'm like, oh, You oh, know, man.
1: I call them all the time. I just call them up and ask for obscure rivets, and, um, you know, I'd say half the time oh. they have them. The other half, they probably don't understand what I'm referring to. You but, might be calling it the um, wrong thing.
0: And that brings us to uh, today's uh, tip-top uh, tool nah. tip. <laughs> never <laughs> as i went in today looking for uh, semi tubular rivets because i need to redo some uh, flip down land rover side steps and one of the places one of the many places on your land rover that semi tubular rivets are uh, rivets uh, rivets are used is the uh, flip down steps on your uh, on your whatever i mean they could be on your on your uh, short wheelbase on your long wheelbase so they can be on the back door they can be on all five doors They can be whatever um but Those here in the United States, Ike, as I was uh, informed by our good friends at Hanson Rivets and Supply this morning, are, oh, yeah, you guys, you must be a Land River guy because those are called Hollow End Rivets. And I'm like, all right, but you knew what I was talking about. So, are we? It, what are we doing yeah,
1: here? It also. I feel like some of these larger companies also develop their own names for things yes, too. McMaster so, Car calls uh, that, them
0: hollow end rivets as well, which I did. I did. McMaster I went Carr. back to the shop and I looked them up, and I'm like, "God oh, damn it!"
1: You confirmed
0: they, they do. They confirmed. Call them them
1: well, well, it, as well, yeah in the in the Land Rover nomenclature, they're referred to as semi tubular rivets, and these are rivet that typically has what's called a truss oh. head, which is a round but flattened head. And uh, it's it's kind of similar to a brazier yep. head if you're a, a rivet enthusiast or an enthusiast of all amongst things us is and, and, you know,
0: yeah. Who doesn't get rivet monthly? I'm riveted. Rivet. Um, it's riveting. <laughs>
1: you know, it's funny, like there's a lot of things on Land Rovers or about Land Rovers that, uh, you know, rivets and galvanizing that have, uh, you know, adjectives. Yep that are, you know, rivet, I'm riveted or I'm galvanized. Oh, I'm excited certainly about this. galvanized yeah, so,
0: support around that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So, um, at any rate, semi-tubular rivets, uh, they're used a, a lot on the roof they have a, a 532 seconds i believe size that holds the roof gutter yep. to the roof on series 2s yep. series 2a's series 3s and i believe there <clears> is so, uh,
0: 9000 of them that hold the roof uh, the roof together if i remember from the last time uh, squeezing one of those new drip rails on there
1: i think that's on an 88 yeah. on an on a 109 there's something somewhere between 13 and 14000 yeah. of these exactly, rivets yeah it's, no, a, it's, it's the there's same as a that b52 many, that
0: it's the exact same number of rivets it's yes, just
1: insane exact same <laughs> number um so the, the galvanized roof gutter, when we restore those at the shop, we, we actually take that off of the roof, galvanize it, and then put it back on, which is a horrible, yeah, time-consuming approach job.
0: to that. Most people it's do not terrible. do that. They tape it off and paint the roof. No. That's what most people do.
1: Yes. And most of the time, they don't even tape it off. They just paint the yeah, galvanized gutter and, and the true. roof and then put some seam sealer in it and call it good. But uh, down there at the shop, we like to uh, self-flagellate. Yeah. They're
0: uh, <laughs> like that guy so, in the Da Vinci we, Code with the spike belt, you know, just sort of tightening yeah. it up a little bit every day.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's horrible. So what we do is we take that apart, we regalvanize the roof gutter, and then when we reinstall it, we install some mastic in between mm-hmm. the aluminum panel and then the galvanized gutter. And that's all secured with semi-tubular truss head rivets. And we set those rivets with a rivet squeezer. And now the rivet squeezer, yeah, the one we use is... Is from a company called Tapco, yeah. and they make a variety of aircraft riveting tools. Mm-hmm. And they have different dies for different size rivets. And if you use the wrong one, it will split the tube. Yep. So you need different dies. There's a five thirty seconds die. There's a three 16ths die, and so on. And so the ones on the door seals; those are all three sixteenths mm-hmm. and the ones on the roof, they're all five 30 seconds. 530 seconds yeah. And so getting all those lined up, getting them all riveted, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty intense ordeal. And there mm-hmm. are a few places where the rivet squeezer doesn't work. You know, yep. it's too bulky it or it, fit. Yeah. it doesn't fit. So in those cases, we use uh, riveting dies uh, with a pneumatic riveter, and so we we rivet those together with that. And so you you can buy the pneumatic dies as well. It's actually yep. cheaper yep. than buying the rivet squeezer and, and a little can more be versatile. Very
0: expensive, depending on if you get yes. because the throat of the squeezer is is the is the real determining fact that that it separates is. the mice from the uh men is the depth of the throat of your rivet uh, squeezer as depending on where you need to get on a panel There's uh, a think bad about it like there. a stapler you know you need uh it's the same idea as the throat of a stapler where yeah. um you know if you need to staple in the middle of a piece of paper you're going to need a very deep throat in your uh in your staple very deep throat in your stapler and uh, the same is true of your rivet squeezer some have interchangeable heads uh, for the rivet squeezer as to their throat uh, some have fixed it, it, it all it all depends but man uh you need it's it's sort of like the um you know, the thigh master um you know in that uh, it There's works n- out uh, no
1: it's not like the. Thigh it's master.
0: just like a thigh master in no, fact should be operated it. like like no. the thigh master between your knees you have to that's that's usually <laughs> the most difficult part is is angling yourself in such a way that you can get your because uh yeah no it is a it is a an upper body workout uh like you wouldn't imagine the first few seem like no big deal but then uh you know a set of door seals later and uh you can't put your arms above your head for a day
1: well if you're on a budget you know get the pneumatic dies because they're cheaper and they will do all of the rivets it's a little more time consuming and a little noisier and whatnot but it'll do all the rivets on one car and uh it's uh yeah, it's not as expensive as buying the big rid of squeezer and all the dyes associated with that.
0: And you honestly don't have to squeeze rivets that often. It may not ever be worth buying the actual I squeezing I have to do tool. it every day. Yeah, absolutely. I seem to always every find day. some reason to. All of my Christmas gifts are actually uh, semi-tubular riveted together. The uh, wrapping uh, for them is all uh, riveted uh, together as a special bonus for loved ones and enemies alike. Um, so with that <laughs> being said. You have to drill them out. Yeah, they got to drill them out. But I do provide uh, a drill with a partially charged battery for but a, every. But a dull and, bit. Oh, yeah, totally dull. I mean, that's a given. <laughs> 100 percent i don't own any sharp uh, drill bits those were those were those were for the 90s um famous land rover owner of the week ike everyone's mm-hmm. without question favorite uh segment uh by uh community survey um and uh, we try to bring one every week uh this this week what did the uh what did the ever complicated and uh constantly malfunctioning uh famous land rover owner of the week machine produce uh, it's for us it's, this
1: week. it's sort of a wheel of fortune device if for those of you that you haven't seen it and um, it uh it landed on russell kreut this week oh. he is a, a famous land rover owner and this particular gentleman is um is famous for having uh sort of a spoof show of of bush tucker man or the crocodile hunter or these you know in this vein so he goes out and he has these adventures and he eats crazy things and he had you know uh, gets stuck in his land rover and he you know pulls it out and he he uh you know has adventures in the bush in australia except he does it all wrong and yes. uh, to, to great comedic effect.
0: Yeah, the all Aussie adventures. And actually, one of our uh, one of our uh, patrons said, uh, "Oh, if you like Bush Tucker Man, then you should really uh, check out uh, Russell Coit because he's basically sort of uh, doing a, a spoof of that, and it is absolutely hilarious. He wears the shortest of uh, of little khaki shorts, which is why always- you like it." he's always flexing sort of with one leg up on something, and, uh, you know, and, and he really is hilarious, and uh, you know, he'll do things like say, oh, we've got a couple people uh, stuck in the mud here, yeah, we're gonna make sure we uh, lash them up, and we'll just give them a little, little jerk out, and then he'll pull the front of their car off, or yeah. something, or he'll encourage one of his, uh, you know, one of his uh, uh, tour uh, members to uh, eat something that is clearly poisonous, and they'll, you know, it's he is really, and we were talking about this before we started recording, but sort of the super dave of uh, of uh you know sort of uh australian adventure or or sort of bush adventure uh shows and it is he is very very funny his his actual name is uh glenn robbins and he's a, a very famous uh, australian uh comedian but i think he's sort of best known um you know <laughs> his for his uh his uh, australian adventure uh spoof show and he has a uh, a tdi uh, defender 110 uh, white uh, 110 sort of again meant i think to be sort of an homage to the bush tucker man or the safari videos of old the sort of uh you know uh wild adventure kind of stuff but yeah it, it is super funny if you they're on youtube uh they're very easy to uh, very easy to look up and super super funny
1: Right on, man. Well, it's always uh, it's always a pleasure. It's been a great week. Another uh, good time here at the podcast.
0: It has been. I have some uh, semi-tubular uh, riveting in my uh, future. I have a riveting a uh, Week ahead of me. Of and for
1: those of you at home, uh, we have a special riveting episode on our Patreon that you uh, probably should check out if you're interested in riveting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can. And I don't. I don't think it's that video. I think it's the safety wire video where at some point I stab my hand with safety wire, and, <laughs> and, and there's different <laughs> amounts of blood depending on what uh, angle I've cut to. It's a bit of a. It's actually a bit of a Russell Coit kind of thing. Except that was there was we're not doing it on purpose. I'm just. Uh, I'm just clumsy when it comes to sharp things. But uh, yeah, great video on Riveting. Great video on, uh, I believe, Coleco's maybe up there, which is another another important tool for Riveting. Um, we are in the midst of getting Ike to do the voiceover for his full overview of a Land Rover ignition system. When he was down in the shop, he did a little overview of the uh, ignition system in a Land Rover, coincidentally in my Series 1 Land Rover. Uh, so that's a good one, as well as a, as a couple of other special little bonuses. So, as always, uh, it, is, uh, it pays to be a patreon subscriber because you get access to all that special content um, as well as fun stickers and all kinds of things Uh, for those of you who have been waiting patiently for your instagram t-shirt those all went out this week and uh so thank you again for your patience we're going to be doing something uh, again coming up pretty soon around our brand new set of super Super limited edition stickers um, that is based on uh, the uh, artwork of our good friend AJ Nichols, who has done the uh, who's done the the discovery. I'm sorry, the uh, Discovery uh, Camel Trophy discovery and the the 80 inch as uh, special stickers, metallic and sparkly. So uh, stay tuned to find out how you can get yourself one of those. And uh, Ike, it uh, like you said, it's been a pleasure as always, and I look forward uh, to the uh, the weeks ahead. Looking
1: forward to it. Take care, Stephen.
0: hour is produced by me steve barris and ike goss pavel svartov composed and performed our theme music consider supporting the show on patreon and if you already do thank you your support makes the show possible for even more check out our instagram or facebook